Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Once again, let's just relax. Anything else that's going on in your life that you're thinking about or trying to remember, Just let it fall by the wayside. It'll come back to you later. Just remind yourself that you don't need to achieve anything. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be so hard on yourself. Our God draws us to himself. He entices us. He welcomes us. He doesn't drive us. He doesn't force us. We're in process. We're all often so hard on ourselves that we have narrowed our own perception, our own vision about the goal. You've already reached the goal. You've already won. You are a winner. You have achieved everything God could ever ask of you. You've, you're done. It's complete. You are complete and entire and whole in your spirit. And that's where you have your relationship with God is in your spirit. In your spirit, you are hearing him perfectly. In your spirit, there is no shadow of doubt. There's no disappointment. There's no regret or guilt or fear or anger. You're one with him in your spirit. When God looks at you, he doesn't see you as if you were holy. Someday you are going to be holy, so he loves you now. Or Jesus is not standing between you and God. When he looks at you, he sees himself because you are in him. Your soul is something you have temporarily. It is not who you are. Think of it as a backpack that, yes, it's it's weighing you down, but it's serving a purpose. We're learning how to use what's in the backpack. And most of us go through our lives never looking in the backpack, never looking to see what other treasures might be in there and sometimes useless items that we can get rid of and carry a lighter backpack. That's your soul. It's valuable, and God gave it to you, but it's not who you are. And then there's your body, God's gift to you as well. But it, to him, it doesn't mean anything. Because it's a gift, it's from him. You didn't choose your body. You didn't choose your soul, at least as far as I can tell. So don't judge yourself on how your body is doing or how your soul is doing. Now, it's a reflection 
how your body is doing is a reflection on other things and how your soul is doing is a reflection on other things. If there's an area in your soul that you continue to struggle with, that's a gift from God. Everything about your soul is a gift from God. And he wants us to treat it like a gift, like a treasure. How do we treat a treasure? We, we take care of it. We pay it attention. We give it respect. We give it value. Christians try to hide it. When we're struggling with something, we're, we're not supposed to struggle. And for those who do struggle in so many churches, in so many organizations, you bring that struggle to somebody in authority, and they don't know what to do with it. Or they just turn it back on you. You're not praying it enough. You need to pray the scriptures. Or they send you to a counselor, a secular counselor, because they don't know what to do with it. And, and they have, they're too busy building God's church. But your struggle is valuable. And we don't want to just either push it aside and hide it or ignore it. But value it. It's, it's a red flag. And like when you're driving along in your car and the check engine light comes on, that means you're supposed it's a it's an emergency. You should get your engine checked as soon as possible. Well, that's what these struggles are that keep coming up. You need to deal with it as soon as possible. And you take it to God. Cuz he's the one waving that red flag. He's the one saying, we need to deal with this. So many of us are used to when we, when we are dealing with something, we don't want to go to God because he's going to be judgmental. He's going to be like all the other people that we've gone to with our problems. All it does is get bigger. They give us more to do, something else to try. Well, God doesn't. The reason he's drawing your attention to it is so you can be with him while he heals it. While he frees you from those chains. While he sets you free. While he restores your soul. Because he wants you to participate in him. Remember, in your spirit, you already are. In a sense, we can say the more upheaval you're experiencing in your life, the more God is doing in your life. You know, sort of like don't pray for patience. You've already, you know, God will just put you in a situation where you need it. Well, that's a similar type of thing. If you're ready, when you're ready, God reveals the areas where you are resisting him, where you have wounds, where you're trying to retain control over things, 
not so you can make changes yourself, but so you can watch him do his work and be grateful and thankful and enjoy the process and see the freedom and experience the love, the joy, the peace, the comfort, the encouragement. God is there to build you up. And sometimes to do that, he has to tear down the walls that we have built up. And we'll feel naked because we're exposed. God is the one who will cover us up. By experience, we learn how our soul is meant to function. And it's by experience that we learn how healing works. So every day we have the opportunity, every hour, every moment, we have the opportunity to see how God works in our lives. Now this is part of our challenge to be involved in ministry, to be involved, and we're all involved in ministry because we're all on this earth. Ministry is simply sharing what God has shared with you, sharing with others. Sometimes you say something, sometimes you don't. But just you learning how to use your abilities that you already have, how to hear from him. God's going to put you in situations and places where you will share with others because that's his nature, isn't it, to give. His nature is love. He is love. What does that love look like? Giving, sharing, creating. If you are in him, if you're born again, you have that same nature. You love. You may not feel like it. You may not like the people that you love. You may despise them, in fact. But because your new nature is love, whether you feel it or not, whether you like it or not. That's your new nature. You will express that love through giving. Unconditionally. Just as you have received from God. Unconditionally. So he puts us in these situations. And think about how many people are on the earth right now and how many billions of people have been on the earth ever since Adam and Eve, ever since the beginning. God treats every single one of them uniquely. He named every cell in everyone's body. He's that involved in all of our lives. We don't have to get his attention. Now, a lot of times, a lot of times we want to control what he pays attention to. Don't look over here, God. Don't touch this, but go ahead and to, you know, deal with this over here. I need help over here, so help me here, but don't get involved with what's going on over here. Now, God's not going to let that stand. And guess what? Neither is your spirit. Now, he may 
let you live with whatever you've been hiding in your closet for the rest of your life. That's his choice. You know, this is part of, you know, we talked before about how the Christian church so often focuses on behavior. When behavior is the least concerning to God. But why do they focus on behavior? Because that's what other people point to, is you're a terrible Christian because you still smoke, for instance, or you drink, or you swear, or you're divorced, or you're a terrible parent or a child, or fill in the blank. You don't attend church enough. You don't read your scriptures enough. Whatever. Those are all behavioral things. They have nothing to do with the state of your spirit. We can love others because we have received love. And yet part of our soul, that's what our soul is involved in, is is almost keeping that love and acceptance out. Those walls that your soul has built do protect your soul from hostile invaders, but they also protect itself from God. We've used that prison cell analogy. We can leave that prison cell any time, but when we do, there will be change. We will be changed. Our environment will be changed. Our future will be changed. How we perceive our past will be changed. How we perceive others will be changed. And we don't like change. That's why we like to control things. This is why we like to know, you know, what is God's will. Because then if we know what his will is, we can we can do our own preparation for it. We can figure it out. This is what I'm supposed to be doing, and then do it. We can control God. And again, we want to control God because then he won't come near the things. You know, we're always afraid that he's going to put his finger on the things that we value. You know, we're always afraid we're going to be sent to Africa as a as a missionary. And have to sell our house and leave our family and our pets and everything behind and sell everything we have and go to, to Africa to be a missionary. Well, maybe. But he draws us. He gives us the desire to do it. That's how he draws us. What is your desire? And we recognize it's not whether you're in Africa. It's not whether, you know, people have sold everything they have and left their families and their friends and their their communities and gone to Africa to be missionaries. But whatever need they had that was satisfied by their friends, by their neighbors, by their community, that need went with them. It doesn't matter whether you go or whether you stay. You're the same person because you take you with you. Your soul isn't changed through obedience. Your soul is changed by God. 
our change in behavior is a reflection of healing and freedom and truth in our soul. So there's some merit to being able to look at people's lives and go, okay, are they a good Christian or not? But let's look at, you know, the the role models we have. Think about, you know, the, any, the church you're in now, the church you were in before, or those that are your um, mentors in the faith, however you want to put it. How much can you see in their lives to see if what they're teaching you works? Is what they're teaching you practical? And you know it's practical if it works. I can, I can tell you all about how to take apart the engine in your car and then how to put it back together again. And you might think I'm no, I know what the heck I'm talking about. And I may know like 10% of actually how to do that. But the other 90% of it, you're going to wreck your car. But I can make it sound good. And the only way you're going to know that it doesn't work is if you try it. And then if you come and say, well, I tried what you said on how to take apart my engine to get it fixed and then put it back together again and it didn't work. And if I wanted to, all I'd have to say is, well, you did it wrong. You didn't hear me right. You need to try it again. Now, I may even believe that I know what I'm talking about as far as taking your engine apart and putting it back together again. You know, I've read books. But if you can't, you know, if you don't come and see me take my engine apart and then put it back together again, why on earth would you think that it's going to work for you? And that's part of our issue is that we have come to rely on people that we think are closer to God or more spiritual or the head shepherd. There's only one shepherd. Everybody else is a sheep. And we follow them because we've been had a chance to see their life. They lead us to the shepherd, not off a cliff. So part of our challenge is to be at peace with where we're at. Instead of taking the advice, the recommendations, the admonishment that we all need to be doing this, this, and this. We all need to be fasting and praying and getting, you know, evangelizing, you know, especially depending on what's going on in the world. The end is is near, so we need to be busier than ever. What is God saying in your heart? Now, there's a lot of fear being being stirred up. That's going to happen any time there's violence in the world. 
that's you know almost I could we could say there's a, a level of fear and anger that's normal because it's connected to our physical bodies, which are part of this physical world. So what's going on in the physical world is going to affect our physical bodies. And then it will expose in our soul areas that have yet to be healed. You know, but Jesus said, don't be distracted by rumors of war. Be distracted. What what has he put in your hand to do? Not out there. God doesn't need your help evangelizing. You know, there's there's stories all over the place about people, you know, especially of other faiths, but where there's war, there's going to be a breakout of Christ. Fear will do that to you. you. It brings it down to, you know, all, all my other hope is gone. You know, it's almost, we could almost say that evangelism is real easy. It's the relationship that's hard. The wedding is real easy. Getting married is real easy. It's living with someone for the rest of your life that's hard. And if we're, we don't have role models, I, and I don't think we're supposed to. I don't think we're supposed to rely. So for, just to be clear, that's not the plan that God had. That's one of the misteachings that we've been given, is that you go to church to be taught how to act like a Christian, how to be a Christian. Now, fortunately, more and more believers see the fallacy in that and go for other reasons. And there's, you know, I'm not saying anything against any type of organized religion. You know, it's, there's a time for everything. If God wanted to take down that system, I, and I believe at some point he will, that's up to him. His timing is up to him. But for you and I, who are hearing him and are trying to understand what his purpose is, what God's purpose is, what is his purpose in your life to make you complete, spirit, soul, and body? Do you think that's possible here on this earth, while you're here on this earth? Whether you have 10 years or 20 or 50, can he do that? Can he make you whole, spirit, soul, and body? Can you? Can he completely heal your soul? Can he completely restore your soul to oneness with your spirit? Your spirit and soul are meant to be one. Your spirit, soul, and body are meant to be one where you won't be able to see the differentiation between your spirit and your soul and your soul and your body. Let's go back to Adam. When he, was, he and Eve were walking around, they were walking around naked. They didn't have any clothes. They weren't embarrassed. Why were they not embarrassed? Why didn't they have clothes on? Because they saw each other as spirit beings, spirit to spirit. You know, we picture, you know, 
God as this glowing light, because that's what spirit is. It's like it's so bright, it's brighter than the sun. Well, they had their spirit fully functioning. Adam and Eve each had their spirit functioning, fully functioning, that their soul and their body was in perfect alignment, and all their solical needs were met by that spirit, all their physical needs. I don't even think they needed to eat because all their physical needs were met by that spirit. When... They were lowered when they, according to God's plan, he didn't go, oh, my gosh, how'd, how'd that happen? This was part of his plan. Their, their soul didn't die. Their body didn't die. Their spirit did. He withdrew himself from them. And all of a sudden, they could see each other. Because the spirit wasn't there anymore. The spirit in you is meant to shine through your soul and through your body. So you don't even see your soul. You don't even see your body. Now, you still have a unique soul and a unique body. But that's not how you see yourself. That's not how others see you. That's not how you see other people. So you see them by the spirit. And that's how God sees you now, is by your spirit, by who you truly are. So you're accepted in the beloved already. You are joint heirs with him. So in your spirit, you don't have to achieve anything or accomplish anything. And even the focus we're, we're working on, on the soul, is so we can overcome the misbeliefs we have about our soul, that our soul is a wonderful and tremendous gift. And God wants us to appreciate that gift by using it. If I gave you um, a beautiful apple and you were hungry and I gave you a beautiful apple and and you kept that apple and you admired that apple and wow, what a wonderful apple, and you starved to death. That would be disrespectful. You'd be, you would not have benefited from that gift at all. You would have rejected the gift by not using it the way God meant it to be, which was to bring nourishment to you, to save your life, to restore your soul. So the, the abilities that you have within your soul, they're part of his plan for you here on this earth. And And what that looks like is part of what we're learning. The supernatural realm, he wants us to learn. You know, uh, Paul, I believe, says, don't, you know, we're not ignorant of the ways of the enemy, of of the devil. But we are. And why are we ignorant? It's because we were not taught that we should be paying attention to it and learning to, you know, well, at some point in time, we'll talk about the whole concept of, of warfare, warfare and how that's another thing that gets us off into a side path. But the whole point being is that whatever it is you're dealing with, it's about what's on the inside. God doesn't need your help in the world. He doesn't need your help in your community. 
everything that's going on in the world and in your, in your community and in your family is for you. It's for your benefit. So take it. Take it for a benefit. Lord, what am I, what is going on here? Why am I so afraid about this? Why am I so angry? Why am I try, why am I avoiding this? Why do I not want to talk this to this person? And when we start seeing how our soul functions and how it avoids and how it reacts, God's drawing our attention as he changes us. And through that process, again, it's spirit, soul, and body. He wants your soul fully functioning. For your soul to be fully functioning, those solical abilities will need to be fully functioning. Christ walking around, he wasn't walking around as a spirit. He was walking around as fully man, spirit, soul, and body. His soul was fully functioning. His body was fully functioning. He could have gotten down that off that cross at any time. Think about what a powerful will to be so submissive and understand his father to not get off that cross. He could have thwarted God, his father's plans at any time, but he didn't because he knew his father. And he had his soul and body one with his spirit. Now, I don't know what it's going to look like for you and I. And I'm not sure how fast it's going to happen, but that's up to God. But I do know that that everything, everything that God has made available to us, he's made it available so we can partake of it. So, so be encouraged. Think about what's going on in your life. If there's areas in, in your life where God keeps stirring up, don't run from it. And also don't look to other people to solve those problems. If you've been listening to these podcasts with, for any time, and if you need to go to the website, do that at therainersclub.org. A lot of this information is, is there as well about learning to hear his voice for yourself. Don't look for something complicated. Ask him yes or no questions. Lord, is this something um, you want to deal with now? Is this something I can take authority over? Lord, are you trying to teach me something? Or did I, did I make the wrong decision? I need to correct that. Do I need to apologize? Do I need to change something? Start where you're at. God knows exactly where you're at. Remember, in your spirit, you already have all the answers. And in your spirit, you have no need. So continue to drop me a line at uh, diane at therainersclub.org. We're going to be hopefully making some changes in the website soon and maybe some other changes with the podcast. We'll see how long, how quickly any of this happens. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.